it just makes me want to set myself on fire. Welcome to Set Yourself on Fire. I know last week I had said that I was going to have the platonic wife on to kind of do a women's power episode, but she is actually busy finishing up her second degree in social work right now, and she's got a 15-page paper due in a few days, so she's hyper-focused on her education. So we're going to put a pin in that episode until she is all done. And this week, we're going to talk about COVID-19 and how it's affecting us all. Now, originally, I didn't really want to do a COVID episode because it's something that we're all watching and it's very triggering. And it's kind of almost more so the reason I am going to do the episode because a lot of people are experiencing mental health issues right now with the isolation. And I kind of wanted to take a minute and talk about the fact that this is a very normal reaction. Our bodies have gone into traumatic response. So when we're going outside, we are over assessing our situation to make sure that our bodies are in a safe environment. And so now when you despair, experience something traumatic, um, and you go back into a safe zone, your body then needs to re- calculate into that comfort environment. So basically what's happening with everyone is that our comfort zones, our safe zones no longer exist, which is very, um, obviously traumatic for everybody out there. And it's very triggering for people with mental health or developing mental health issues due to isolation, PTSD, um, or whatever they may be experiencing already mental health wise. So, the reaction our bodies are having are actually completely normal. We, um, and I shouldn't say all of us, but a lot of the generations experiencing this haven't experienced this before, so it's very alarming to everybody. But really, it's just our bodies trying to keep us safe. And if you think about it, when you sleep subconsciously, your body is resetting. And because of the constant trauma being shown on the screen and your your brain constantly having to analyze a situation and it's never dealt with. Um, we're all in a hyperactive state at this moment. And so just remember to be extra kind to yourself, extra kind to your friends and your loved ones. Right now, social media is being this beautiful platform. Um, as a way to connect with your friends and your family during isolation. So video timing, texting, Zooming, um, all those fun, creative ways to still have conversation with the outside world. Um, This episode is going to be kind of more like a hot take in regards to some of the feelings I have. So buckle up, get some wine, get some coffee, get all comfy, and let's get at her. So I want to talk today about what a luxury is and what a necessity is. And so as per a definition by the dictionary, 
A luxury is the state of something that gives great comfort and extravagant living and increases as wage increases. So it's like a the more money you make and the more the world grows, the more that item also inflates. And a necessity is deemed as required or indispensable. And the reason I want to talk about this is because with COVID-19 happening, some, as much as there is so much negative, and let's not deny it, but I don't want to focus on the negative because we have the news for that. I want to focus on the positive. And the positive is, is that right now we are learning so much about how the world operated and what is actually going on in terms to, uh, governments and profiteering companies and we are seeing profit lines and what can actually be done to cut profit if that makes sense so for example the internet was deemed a luxury when it first came out and got popular in 1983 um it has grown over the years Obviously, so like um, in 91, the first web page was created. 98, we saw um, major news stories happening. And the first news story that was actually broke on the internet was the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Um, 98, Google came to front. 2001, Wikipedia came out. 2003 was the era of MySpace. And uh, 2003, I was 13, so you bet your ass I had like an emo AF MySpace that was all X's and O's and plink and black hearts and some emo band playing in the background. Um, 2004 saw Facebook happening and, uh... 2007, Hulu came out, which is very surprising because I always thought Hulu was a newer streaming site, not an old one. So that information was jarring to me. And obviously, 07 came the iPhone and all these little things. So back in the day, it was deemed a luxury item because it wasn't a necessity. You still had other ways to connect with people and get new sources. Um, But now... When we bring it up to present date, 2020, all of a sudden with COVID-19, we're realizing that the internet isn't a luxury, it's actually a necessity. And the reason that has changed is because education is still happening and the need for social contact is still happening. And so now with schools being closed, where you've turned to online platforms for teachers to be giving lessons on um, Zoom or whatever app they may be using, and there's actually apps being created in China where their homework is being done all through an app and that's how they get their assignments and that's how they submit their assignments. And these kids were so goddamn smart. They realized that if you rate an app super low, the app stores will pull it. So all these students band together and rated the app like a one or zero and said it had bugs and everything. And so the app stores pulled the homework app. So I am also enjoying the ingeniousness of people during this time. One other thing that has been happening so that people can still interact at a safe distance is that people are going to abandon parking lots and parking their vehicles six feet apart and getting on the roof of their vehicle and visiting that way so they still see each other, but everyone is isolated on their own vehicle. No one's touching Um, And so I guess where there's a will and there's a way and adaptation. So 
back to the story at hand, um, a lot of internet providers are now realizing that they have no longer become a luxury item and that they are a necessity item. So things like um, Bell, Rogers, Saskatel, and Fido have now all uh, ooh, adjusted their prices. So Bell has adjusted to the 30th, was the last update on their site, and Rogers has adjusted to May 31st. Private companies like Sastel are making adjustments as well, but there's no date on these. So what the companies are doing is they're waiving roaming fees, they're waiving home broadband overages, they're taking the extra data fees off phones, um, and so they're adding like free 10 gigs of data, they're adding free education sites to their packages, and they are coming to terms with the fact that they aren't a luxury item and so they are freezing any price ranges um and they're realizing that now people are working from home so the broadband is going up they're realizing that education is happening from home now so they're counteracting all this increase that people weren't planning on and haven't financially communicated uh counted on and are meeting those demands. Now, so far from my research, the only company to not do shit all about all this is Shaw. And from the research I did, the only thing Shaw has done in regards to this situation is decided that they will not be raising their price as planned in June 1st, but they have not done anything to offset overage charges in regards to their internet package. All they've said to people is downsize, which is not an option when you need the internet more than ever to do your goddamn job or to get your education that you're either being paid to do or paying to do. So if you're with Shaw, I highly adjust finding another fucking company because so far they seem to be on my shit list. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is living wages, my friend. Let's get on that motherfucking topic because it is a whole hot take. So I have moved from Alberta where your minimum wage was $15 an hour to, um, Manitoba, where the minimum wage is $11.65 an hour. If you times that by 80 hours, assuming that you get to work full-time during all this epidemic, um, you make $932 net before taxes. Now, because of who I am as a person, you bet your ass I went to the government payroll deductions calculator site and had to calculate your basic taxes, your CPP, and your EI deductions. So after all that comes off, you are left with a grand total of $773.92. And I'm going to be generous and I'm going to round it to $774 because I'm a nice person. But my basic thing is, is that minimum wage is not a fucking living wage. For a decent one-bedroom apartment right now, um, you are looking at $800 plus. So you're one check that you work every two weeks for is not even covering your rent. That does not even put a roof over your head. And I'm not counting the cost of food. I'm not counting the cost of medication. I'm not counting the cost of transportation. I am just counting a roof over your head, not utilities or luxury items or necessities, just a roof over your head. And so I think this is speaking huge as to what needs to be happening in the world in regards to uh, increasing pay. And I don't mean 
increased pay. I mean, give everyone a fucking living wage. These are the people who are making minimum wages, who are also frontline workers. I understand everyone right now is um, doing huge things to prevent to uh, support frontline workers who are working in hospitals and police and government jobs. And I 100% am that same person. I have many friends and family who are nurses who are still working on the front line, who are putting their lives at danger, who are working with the public with COVID-19. But I also have friends who are working at that damn grocery store, who are working at the banks, who do not have the luxury of being non-essential and are still making minimum wage to go out there and be around COVID-19 and having the risk of COVID-19. And as much as there are safety precautions in the world and we're working on social distancing, it's not 100% guaranteed because as we all know, it takes 14 days for the symptoms to show. So you want to tell me that you are paying someone who is going out to work with the public to keep your grocery stores open, your banks open, some normicity, nor, normalicity to life, a grand total of $774. Fuck yourself. And the reason I say that is because it's not fuck yourself, but it's fuck the government. And it's because all of a sudden the government is realizing that there is a homeless crisis. There is an epidemic about um, addictions. And all the things that the government has been sweeping under the rug for ages are now coming to, oh, this is actually a necessity that we take care of these people. It's not a luxury for people to have a roof over their head. It's not a luxury for people to be of, able to afford food and rent. Uh, it's a goddamn necessity. And so that is where things like rent strikes are coming in because they're, it's a give and take process on a rent strike because one, sometimes private landlords have used it as an investment and like the stock market, it has crashed, and an investment isn't something you should rely on as a source of income. It is deemed um, a second income. It's an investment. It either goes really well or it goes really shitty. Those are your two options. It's the risk you're willing to take. What I am talking about, though, is I am talking about the giant management companies that are hand-over-mouth profiteering off a of rent. And it's where that is happening that I'm really interested in seeing how rent strikes are going because it's kind of like the best time to say damn the man in a sense because now you're seeing where profit lies. You're seeing how much profit is going back into company. You're seeing how much profit is being um, put into the hands of CEOs and top management while the little men are still making more money. So I know that there's companies out there like law blah at the moment who have realized that their frontline workers are necessity and they're giving everyone a $50 bonus for working. They're giving everyone, um, an extra X amount of dollars on their paycheck, which is great. And I commend that. I really do. But I also want to know, um, why this wasn't being done already. If you can afford to give every one of your dollar, your employees who are working $2 mm -hmm. extra right now or giving everyone $50 bonuses, that means this whole time you've actually probably had the ability to be giving everyone a higher wage than $11.65 an hour. And so now is the time where I think people should be negotiating contracts in recent to 
wanting a living wage. There's nothing wrong with wanting a living wage. It is, that is deemed what's needed. Um, and so that's kind of my, my rant for today. And, uh, it's basically just, this is a scary time, but there is a lot, it's a scary time for everyone. And it's a learning curve because we've never done this before. We're seeing a lot of companies step up. I know a lot of local breweries have now changed over from brewing alcohol to brewing hand sanitizers, which is amazing. A lot of car companies have stepped up and they've stopped making vehicles and they're now making, um, safety clothes and masks for hospital. And so it's very reminiscent of the world wars where now big companies are making what is needed and not what is a luxury. And so I personally, I think because of who I am as a human, am just observing all of this happening. And I think that it is a great time for the people to start using their power, but also to call the government on some of their shit. Um, where they do need to be making sure that safe consumption sites are up. They do need to be making sure that the homeless have a house because all of a sudden they're realizing that while homeless people can't self-isolate and they can't be six feet apart because they need to be in tent cities to keep warm and not die from their surroundings. And so now all of a sudden we're talking about making sure to be making quick houses for these people, which is something that should have been done in the first fucking place. We should have been taking the care of the homeless in the first place. Canada is a first world country. There is no need for the homeless population to be where it is. There is no need for people with addictions to be going out, to be going on without detox centers or safe consumption sites. These things are not luxury. These things are a necessity. And so I guess since we're all locked up at home, maybe it is a great time to really reflect on what is a necessity and what is a luxury and what those can be um, doing in regards to how we're going to change the world after this pandemic is over. Because I think the one thing that is huge is life is not going to go back to normal. There will be a new normal. And my only hope is that this new normal becomes a better version of what we used to be. And that we start showing appreciation to those people who we deem necessity and we start realizing what a luxury is. We start prioritizing our finances. We start seeing the danger of finances and capitalism. And there are some people out there who already preach this and there are some people who all of a sudden are realizing um, the structures of the world and how much capitalism and profit and gain there is in the world. And it is a dangerous game. But I know that... um, Trudeau has said that right now his priority is taking care of Canadians. So instead of doing all the exporting we used to do, we are going to take care of Canadians and then we are going to export. It's not a matter of being greedy. It's a matter of making sure our needs are met and then taking care of the rest of the world. And I think that's very important in how it always should be is that you need to make sure that you can be self-sufficient and then take care of others. And I think that's what's happening during this time. And I know for me personally, I am extremely lucky in the fact that I am able to keep my job at this moment. Um, There was a point last week where we did have a conference call in regards to getting laid off. And I mean, my heart fell through my asshole. And I know so many people are having this feeling and it is a huge mental health um, trigger for people out there. And all I can say is please remember your... um, 
resources and I know you can't go see your psychiatrist right now but there is um, still apps and there is still phone communication there is video timing there is self-care and this is not something new that I lecture I am always screaming about self-care in your face and more than ever though I really want to scream self-care I know that some of my friends um, dark and twisty has started making quarantine kitchen so that she she loves to cook and she's already cooking and baking and now she's just making it as like a little Instagram story for friends to to see her and have some humor and and it's it's great it lights me up because it's just like kind of being there and experiencing cooking or baking with her which at any given time can be an absolute um disaster or an absolute miracle but it's something very um great to do just to keep in touch with your friends and up to date with your friends and and take people's mind off it. So now all these social media platforms are becoming so much more um, essential just for our mental health. So it's been very interesting. And the one thing too is what is supporting us right now? Well, the arts are doing free things. So how schools have been cutting art programs really need to reassess their shit because the art programs are the ones who are now putting on free concerts. The arts programs are the ones who are putting on free programs online to to do projects. And so don't sit there and tell me that you're going to cut funding in the arts because you don't deem it essential, but then all of a sudden the arts program is what is helping everyone's mental health. Um... So, again, this is the best time to start re-evaluating what we deem necessity and what we deem luxury, and I hope that you all stay safe, and I hope that you are all listening to social distancing. I know it's extremely hard. I struggle with it a lot. I'm a very social person. I will be the first to admit that when this all came out, I didn't fully take it as seriously as I should have, and now it is something that I am taking more attention to because I think the thing is is that it crept up once you know it was a story about something in China and then it was oh you should take precaution and then it was no this is a pandemic and now we need to take caution and there's this quick process that is rapid firing and rapid firing our brains and it's all very overwhelming for everybody and it's a huge game changer in life but I kind of want everyone to remember that they um are loved and they have friends and they have family and they have ways to communicate safely. Um, don't take your sick ass to a store. There are delivery services. Remember to be tipping your delivery drivers. Remember to be sanitizing the outside of your house, especially if we're asking for delivery. So sanitize your goddamn mailbox. Sanitize your goddamn doorknobs. Sanitize the shit out of everything. If you're driving, sanitize your goddamn vehicles. Um, sanitize, 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 sanitize. Um, don't be greedy. Um, it it shocks me that people have to put up signs saying only one item. Because to me, I don't understand why... I under... Okay. I understand hoarding mentality in regards to a safety, assuring that you have enough in a panic mode. But as grown adults, I don't understand how we have such a self-ish gene in our bodies where it's a me 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 thing and I think that's also um a lot about um oh 
of course, my brain just went absolute blank. Um, Self-validation, in a sense, right? Um, you know, people get a thrill out of having X amount of products in their house. Um, and I'm hoping that people in the States who are couponers and have great, you know, stockpiles are giving right now, giving to their communities, giving to their churches, giving to the whirlwind shelter, their addiction centers, giving to the disability services, um, because a lot of things can shut down and, and they are still happening and there is still frontline and things like those are where you can't stop the world. You can't put everyone in the bubble, but you can make sure that those people outside are as safe as humanly possible and understand and respect everything that everyone is doing every goddamn day to still make this world functional. So that is um, today's rant and today's episode. It was a little bit rough, I won't lie, but um, welcome to mental health in isolation. It's not always going to be the greatest, but I do still want to make sure that I am trying to put out content for you guys weekly, just because sometimes uh, it is nice to hear someone else's voice, even if you put me in the background to drone on. That's okay. I'm still just excited to be part of something that might be helping you. Um, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen for next week's episode, because I honestly don't know what's going to happen for next week's episode. Um, I don't want to stick on the COVID-19 pandemic episodes. I just wanted to have this one because I was really heated about luxuries and necessities and talking about profits and everything because that's what I do all damn day every day. So I am hoping to lighten the mood next week. I am going to try and stay away from some serious hot topics that I was planning on having until... Um, we are kind of more back into a normal routine because I don't want to trigger anyone in isolation. So some of the content I'm going to have to rewrite and air at a later date. So welcome to the world as we know it. We're all making it up as we go. And this podcast is no differently. Um, again, if you do want to ever uh, talk, we've got the Facebook page of Set Yourself on Fire. We've got the Instagram of Set Yourself on Fire 2020. Um I do notice that listener volume has gone up and we're at over 300 listeners, which to me is very exciting because I understand on the podcast scale that could seem very small, but from someone who's just talking into a microphone, it's actually very huge and very touching. And so I'm hoping during this time to just continue to grow and bring light and happiness into everybody. And so I hope you all have a great week and enjoy yourselves. Love you all.